Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 155 of the Player Player Podcast. Before we get started, I want to give a big thank you to the both old and new additions to our crew tuning in to listen to us do what we do. And what's that, Arsene? Talk about video games. Talk about video games. Every Thursday of every week, we gather around the virtual water cooler to discuss video games and the culture surrounding them. I'm your host, Joseph Hooper, a.k.a. The Hoop Man, along with my co-host, Phil Spencer's nephew, Arsene Lakpa. Hey, guys. It's me, Phil Spencer's nephew. You know, I know a lot of times people like to, you know, they like to crack jokes, you know, here and there talking about, hey, my uncle works for Nintendo. Hey, my uncle works for Sony. Well, listen up. My uncle is the CEO of xbox okay he's the guy in charge he's the head honcho so i don't want to hear i don't want to hear none of you guys you phonies you fakes you frauds out there i don't want to hear nothing okay because i am the big dog i am the one who knocks i am the danger you feel me so i just wanted to you know put that out there put that onto the universe to let people know not to mess with us not to mess with the player player podcast the the spencer family sounds almost like a you know godfather type mafia but we'll, we'll talk about that another episode okay quick reminder everybody if you guys want to help support the show you guys can go to playerplayerpod.com go to the bottom of the page see uh visit our ko-fi link you guys can donate as low as a dollar if you don't want to support monetarily you guys can help by sharing the show with your friends on social media all that stuff and leaving a pro- positive review on your po- platform of choice guys i'm tongue-tied right because we got a we got a very special episode. We're talking Xbox, but we're talking Xbox with a distinguished guest. All right, Ooh. with us today, we have a man that needs no introduction but deserves an epic one. This man might be one of the nicest individuals I have ever had the pleasure of interacting with. He is the host with the most, the master of hype, a guy with more energy than the Energizer Bunny, the pastor in the Church of Xbox, <laughs> preaching the gospel of Game Plus. Please help me give a warm welcome to the host of the Kind of Funny X Cast, Snow Bike Mike. Woo! Dang! Yeah. Man, you killed it like that. Made me smile from ear to ear. And that got I a lot of energy Oscars. out of me. So I'm up right now. I mean, sitting next to Phil Spencer's nephew over here. I'm feeling really good right <laughs> now. Now we're up. And I'm excited to be here, guys. You know, your podcast is one of the few that I like to listen to and keep on in the background. And I love just talking games around the virtual water cooler. And I'm so excited to join you both, of course, to celebrate video games, talk about Xbox and what the heck happened at E3. So I'm ready, boys. Let's have some fun. Absolutely. Let's do it. Absolutely, Man, some things happen at E3. A lot of things, some good ones, some bad ones. But today we're just going to talk about Xbox, guys. Uh, We're doing something a little different this week for the first time ever. We're dropping three separate episodes this week. We're dropping an Xbox one. We're dropping a Nintendo one. And we're dropping one for basically everything else. So Snowbike Mike is here starting us off strong with the Xbox conference, guys. Uh, So people listening at home, if you're living under a rock, if you haven't been keeping up with the E3 news, the Xbox conference just wrapped this past Sunday. Uh, So I want to kind of approach this in a couple different ways. I want to talk about our expectations going in versus the reality of what happened. Uh, I want to talk about how we felt coming off the conference. And then I kind of want to end it talking about what do we think this conference means for the future of Xbox, right? So I guess let's start here, right? What did Xbox need to accomplish in you guys' eyes? Like, what what were you guys looking for? Did you guys have any must-haves that you needed to see from the uh, conference uh, I, I know there were basically two camps of people out there. There were the core Xbox fans that knew exactly what they needed to see. They needed to see Halo or whatever that was to get back to the glory days. And then there were 
basically everybody else the skeptics the playstation diehards the newcomers who are all still trying to be sold on the xbox ecosystem game pass all that stuff uh so they might not have known exactly what they wanted to see but the you know the theme i was hearing was we need to see games we need to see less cgi all that stuff so arson let me start with you man what were you expecting out of this conference what did you need to see so, you know, I definitely fall into that latter category. You know, I am not a, you know, Xbox, you know, diehard fan or whatnot. Growing up, no Xbox consoles in the household. So I this 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 world is very, very new to me. You know, I'm just now I'm I'm in the kiddie pool right now getting ready to dive into, you know, the three foot water, if uh, if that makes any sense. Um, so wow, going three feet, okay. three feet, you know, so um, going into this, you know, E3 conference didn't have a lot of expectations. I was just kind of like, hmm, OK, I. I would like to see Xbox succeed. You know, I've been a Game Pass subscriber for about a year now. So I'm like, you know, I just want to see them have some games that people will be excited for. And let me tell you. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. wait. Let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll, hold, hold up. See, I'm, let's, not, let's not get ahead me, of ourselves. I, 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 I said I was going to get to the three-foot water. Mm-hmm. But I also just almost tried to dive off the the high dive into the twelve foot water. Let me let me reel it back in. Okay, there's a lot of water metaphors going on right here. Let me let me put that on pause right now. Okay, okay, don't worry. I got some more metaphors <laughs> uh, in a little bit. But, but Mike, uh, and a seasoned Xbox veteran on the other side of the spectrum, let me tell you or let you tell me what you needed to see this weekend from Xbox. Right, I'm I'm gonna keep it in the shallow waters right now. I'm gonna keep it with y'all. Uh, I came in with one expectation. That's three words. Games, games, games. Just like any other gamer, Xbox fan out there, we were looking for the games, looking for Phil Spencer and this team to show us what Xbox and these 23 studios are all about. But when we look past that, truly and honestly, from me and who I am and the host of the X-Cast, I was looking for games. I was looking for the inclusion of Bethesda and how we welcome them into the family, how we show and represent this team. We talk about exclusivity. We talk about their projects. And then after that, I was looking for the faces of Xbox, right? We see Sarah Bond get up there, and that's a really familiar face, and that's an important face to put out in front of the camera. You saw Pete Hines. You saw Todd Howard, Phil Spencer at the end. And I think that's one as well is like keeping that human element, right? Not only is Xbox the giant mega corporation that wants to sell you all these games and consoles for buku bucks, but they're also people, right? We're all just everyday people trying to make a living, trying to get through the day, and most importantly, trying to have fun. And I really love when we see that human element, whether it be part of the mega corporation or these developers, these hardworking men and women who make the games. I always appreciate a nice dev diary. I always appreciate people coming out and sharing their experiences with Xbox and games. So... For me, it was a mixture of all three of those things. I wanted to see the games, future, past, and present. I wanted to see what Bethesda was going to bring, how they were going to be shown in this conference. And I wanted to see who Xbox was going to put in front of that camera to represent the brand and the team. And I think they did all that for me and some. So I'm really excited for us to kind of tread into a little bit deeper water and talk about where they really hit on those marks. Very nice, nice man. Nice. I, I really like how you brought up, you know, the people putting the faces uh, in front of the camera, because I feel like that was super important, man. Like, a, I feel like a big theme with Xbox, you know, in the past couple years is is trust, man. I feel like a lot of people feel like they lost, uh, you know, Xbox lost their trust. Like, uh, 
with the Xbox One generation. So you know, recently with Phil Spencer kind of leading the charge and really making people believe that that their plan is going to work and, and their plan is something that we should buy into and believe in. And, you know, them building out that stable of, uh, you know, trustworthy people uh, behind the messages. So like you said, Sarah Bond always coming out, always killing it. We got uh, Tim Schaefer, you know, uh, a person who's you know, behind a studio that has always made quality content and has always been very earnest and honest about like uh, the development cycle and, and the quality of their games. And now we got we got Papa Todd, Todd Howard over here and Pete Hines uh, over here selling us the, these epic visions, you know, uh, really telling us that, you know, Xbox has Xbox fans have something to look forward to as far as Western RPGs and stuff uh, go. So, you know, you're absolutely right. I never really thought about it, but the faces are super important. And especially when Xbox is trying something very different, very new, very ambitious. Uh, they definitely got to sell that. And I think they've done a pretty good job there. Um, on my side, you know, I, I kind of tweeted this out, I think the day before the conference, but this is my metaphor. This conference really needed to be the Lou Will of conferences for Microsoft. Um, for the people at home that don't follow the NBA, right? Lou Will is the ultimate six man. This guy is the person that comes off the bench and, and shoots out the gym in order to give the stars a little bit of rest, a little bit of breathing room so they can you know, eventually rest up and, and close out the game. Uh, we knew Avowed got announced. We knew Starfield was coming. Uh, we know Fable got announced, but this stuff is far away, right? So personally for me as an Xbox fan, I needed to know what was coming uh, in 2021 and 2022. Um, we understand that, you know, teases are cool and stuff, but we can't live off of teases for three, four plus years at this point. Right. Mm. Halo needed to look fun. Uh, we need those indie indie games, indie support. We need those double A titles um, and and we need that game pass support. Right. I I wasn't in the camp. A lot of people were saying, hey, man, Halo needs a God of War moment. This franchise needs to be completely turned around. It needs to be a you know 10 out of 10 franchise after this E3. I wasn't in that camp, right? I, I think it just needs to be fun. That's all we need, man. Halo or Microsoft no longer needs to, you know, put the entire burden on Master Chief's shoulders anymore. They got a lot of franchises, a lot of good things to look forward to. So Halo can look fun and, uh, you know, satisfy me. So that's kind of what I was looking for. Uh, and let's just jump into it. How do we, Hold how up, is, hold up. That was a great analogy. Okay. I loved the Lou Will pull right there. I got to say, as a basketball fan, great touch on that. Really sprinkling the extra sauce. And I vibe with that, oh, right? You God. have your seasoned veterans, the Gears of War, the Halos, the Forzas. We know about the big dogs, our future stars, as we want to call them, right? The Fables, the Avowed, the um, Perfect Darks that you know what, these are going to be our rookies of the year. They're going to come out and they're going to shine when their time is right. But like, we need somebody coming off the bench right now that's going to bring the energy, kind of bring that momentum onto our side and get people energized, right? Because we can't just leave our stars out there all the time or else they're going to get tired. And my rookies out there, they're just not ready yet, right? They're not ready to come out and make a gigantic splash and take over. So I, I love the Lou Will pull right there. I vibe with that. And I think that's going to be something we're going to talk about as we move into this next part of the conversation of like, who is carrying that torch? Who is bringing the energy here? And I think Xbox really found it with this conference. So I'm excited to hear what you guys think because I think they really crushed it here. Absolutely. Arson, let's hear it, man. Well, what are your thoughts? 
you know, okay, so like I've said, you know, definitely was going in very, you know, minor expectations out of the conference. I got to say, I think that Xbox blew it out of the water. You know, I think there we go. Talking about water again. Xbox really, (laughs) they really did. They really did the damn thing, Um, especially considering, you know, I'm taking all conferences of this year's E3 into consideration here. I think it was the best one, hands down. Maybe maybe Summer Games Fest. I don't know if you consider that a uh, E3 conference. That was yeah, that one was also pretty good, but I think this one um in terms of my interest level into the, in the games and how they presented those games to me, a uh, consumer who is not um as involved in the Xbox ecosystem, I think they did an amazing job. It was just hit after hit after hit of games that I think we're um, very, uh, you know, I think I've seen a little bit of criticism where people were saying that, oh, some of these Xbox games, they just all look the same. They all look the same. I didn't feel that way at all. You know, sure, they have a handful of shooters in there. You know, I think that's, you know, kind of uh, a majority of what you're going to get with Xbox. But there was also a, a lot of diversity within the games that they announced. You know, you've got your Psychonauts 2 in there. You've got some, like, you know, Diablo action, some Forza action. Um, all, I guess, games that are... Um, known for or like they're i think they're i think they're known for uh their xbox you know exclusivity but um yeah yeah those are the those x those are the xbox exclusives here we've got you know like sea of thieves as well but um yeah and then i guess also with the uh with the game pass games you know uh as a game pass subscriber for the past year like i said it's just a I'm ha- I'm eating good. I think that's uh what I'm. Mm-hmm. That's my final point that I have to make here is that I know that I have, um, currently right now, as as of this uh, moment, the games that are being released on um, Game Pass this year, the projected games. I have seven games that I know I'm going to be playing. Which you know, I, I didn't think I was going to be playing more than one, two, or three, maybe three games uh, max on Game Pass this year. To have seven games already lined up that I know I'm probably going to play, at least to try them out, most likely I'm probably going to be um, finishing them. I just think that's crazy, you know. And, you know, I, like once again, like we always say pretty much every other episode here, y'all need to get on Game Pass. People listening at home, yes, sir. I know we've got people, I know I'm going to make a specific call out right here to a dear friend of mine named Omari. I, I've i heard that he wasn't on Game Pass. He may have changed, he may have rectified it. this uh, this crime by now but uh he needs to get on game pass everybody who's not on game pass you need to be on game pass please 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 and that's pretty much it man that's pretty much it mike yeah let's hear it yeah they did a really good job here right they came out and they said hey we're gonna show 30 games here and 27 of them are coming to game pass day and dates right and that gets you really excited beautiful because that's out there saving you money this is going to be the conversation we had and you heard from phil spencer during his you know, monologue there was, we're going to put you the player first and we're going to give you the choice to figure out where you want to play, when you want to play, and how you want to play. And they came out and not only showed you what's out in the future, right? You talked about those big games and those big titles, but we know they're in 2023, 2024. They talked about what's coming now. And I think that was the biggest point here and the point of emphasis for Xbox during this E3 conference is, hey, you want to know what's coming out in these next six months before the end of the year? Well, I'm going to hit you with it. And they had 18 games that are coming out mm. this year. That's like almost two games a month is what they're shooting for, where they're going to put it on Game Pass. Out of those 18, 17 of them are coming to all three of the platforms in the ecosystem with console, PC, and cloud. That's a big deal to say, hey, 
we're going to make sure you're playing games on this service throughout the entire year heading into the new year. And I think they did a really good job at showing you what do we have, right? We have Psychonauts, we have Age of Empires 4, Forza Horizon 5, Halo Infinite. We've made deals with games where you would question if you're going to pay 60 to $70, right? Back for Blood, you look at Scorn, you look at, you look over at Hello Neighbor, you look at the gunk. You look at some of these games and you say, well, would I buy that? And if I did buy that, would I be upset at that purchase a week later? I know me and my friends always have this conversation because I play a lot of multiplayer games and I push them to play these games with me. And the tough part is that selling point, right? Hey, let's buy back mm -hmm. for blood. It's $30 or it's $60 and half of them are in, half of them aren't. And we play for just like one weekend. And then we look at each other and we're like, man, that was $60 down the drain, right? And sure, we had a good weekend, but like, in all honesty, that's a lot of money to spend on a game that you're only going to play for a week or more. And when you look at it, it's just like Xbox has a goal, and their goal is to put you, the consumer, first, and they're going to do their best to work these deals so you feel like you get the most bang for your buck. And I see a lot of people online, guys, a lot of people online with this argument of, Oh, Game Pass is just going to create this weird market of a bunch of these double-A games, these just kind of middle-of-the-road games. And on the Xcast, we always have this conversation of, well, that's not really the deal. This service and what Xbox is doing is helping these middle-of-the-road developers that don't have the big financial backing of a first-party studio. They don't have the legacy like all these other teams you know in the middle of the third-party world. And they're helping them financially to put out a game that they can show to the world and say, hey, here's our idea, here's our proof of concept. If you're into it, now we don't have to stress about all of you buying the game no matter what, because if you don't buy the game, we're gonna shut down and never make these games again. And the cool part mm. is you look at the landscape now, right? Perfect example, Biomutant just came out and Biomutant came out about lukewarm reviews out there. Some people liked it, some people didn't like it. I'll tell you right here in the middle, I had a good time with it. It did a lot of cool things, but it also did some things wrong. And that's a team right there that really would have benefited from being on Game Pass. A lot of people would have been exposed to that game, a lot of reception for that game, and that team wouldn't have to worry about the financial side of things because they would have known they got that upfront protection from Microsoft, and now they can really adjust accordingly on the sales charts and figure out what they want to do next. You look at a game like Hood Outlaws and Legends, Here's a multiplayer only game, a really cool and innovative idea for the multiplayer world, an Assassin's Creed 3v3 or 4v4 type game where you're pulling off heists and you have PvE situations as well. And that game completely flops out of the gate because it's not on Game Pass. It doesn't have that big community, that big audience that would have flocked to it if it wasn't costing $60. And now that team right there who came up with a fun, weird and innovative concept have to look at each other and say, did we hit the mark? Did we not hit the mark? And what I really love about Xbox and what they're doing with this Game Pass is saying, hey, we're going to work with teams like this. We're going to help them out financially. We're going to allow them to grow and protect themselves and give them the opportunity to possibly make a sequel or more because we see a lot of innovation at this AA level that's not happening up on the AAA well-known franchises. And you get this fun innovation, these cool games. But if they don't hit and it's a flop and everybody leaves and it's never the same again so i think xbox showed here of like game pass protects people and it protects us as the consumer because man nothing hurts more than working hard at your nine to five slaving away and then coming home and buying something 
like a scorn and it just not clicking with you and you're out $60, that just hurts so much. Well, let me tell you, man, if you're coming home from your nine to five and you just want to sit down and play a little bit of scorn, I don't know, bro. That game, yeah, that game. You need a. <laughs> oh, you you worried? You worried about people playing that game like that? <laughs> I'm worried about myself playing that game. You know, I got my girlfriend lives with me. I don't know if she can. You know, she needs to see all that. We'll see, man. We'll She'd see. definitely be looking at you like, yo, you gotta adjust here. I gotta call somebody. Is right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well. Let me just say, man, we need to change your name to Michelangelo because that, that was an artistic explanation. Oh, thank man. you. I, you know, I hate to I hate to reduce the explanation to a quick scorn joke, but that was great. man. <laughs> and I do want to come back to some of those points you said. Um, but, you know, rounding it out, I'm with you guys, man. We might need to rename this the Xbox Xbox podcast because I think they I think they killed it, too. Uh, all the things that I wanted them to do, they pretty much hit all the notes. You know, I didn't expect this to be a crazy, you know, best Microsoft conference of all time uh, because, you know, COVID is a thing. A lot of these games are, you know, early in development. I realize all that, but it ended up being what I think is uh, maybe the best Microsoft showcase of all time and one of the best E3 showcases of all time. Um, I thought it was really well paced. I think it had a lot of interesting content, a lot of interesting uh, gameplay looks, and it had a lot of games that, you know, I felt like could speak to a wide group of people. Um, Mike, on on the last podcast, I told uh, Arson, I was I was talking like the one thing I hate about E3 conferences, because this this doesn't really speak to me is like. Every year, you know, at one of the major conferences, PlayStation or Xbox, you know, some shooter is going to come out and spend 10 minutes showing their gameplay of Call of Duty campaign or whatever that we've seen every year. You know, it's the same thing as this big marketing deal. I know what Call of Duty looks like. I don't really want to see that. Xbox came out and showed Battlefield 2020, whatever year that is, (laughs) you know, and it looked fantastic, man. Like I haven't seen a, you know, multiplayer gameplay trailer like that and been that excited in such a long time. So I feel like it speaks volume to me that I called out a thing and I said, I don't want to see this. They gave me a flavor of it and I loved it. So um, even though I wasn't on that, I'm so glad you felt that, right? Because I think that's one when we talk about the people part of the brand, right? Part of that company, the Phil Spencers of the world, the Sarah Bonds, the Aaron Greenbergs, they're listening to you, right? They see you on social media. They hear the podcast. This group of guys and gals, they're listening and they took that feedback, right? They know you don't want 10 minute dev diaries about a game that's not ready yet and they're still showing you concept art. They know you don't need 20 minutes on Halo. You know what Halo is. And you can tell what this conference is they really streamlined it and they hit exactly what they needed to do. Tease you, show you, get out of there, right? And I, I'm so glad that you saw that and you feel that, right? I think their main goal is to make sure that this community feels heard and seen. And I think this year they really figured it out, right? Hey, let's reduce the amount of CGI trailers. Let's try to bring it back on the dev diaries and the long gameplay tutorials. And let's show the people what we got coming to them right now instead of 2025 and then let's get out of here and i'm so glad that you felt that because i think that team really took all that criticism in over the years and they they really defined what they want to do here absolutely man it was it was a very uh masterful execution at a showcase um i still think there's more to come obviously the big ones the big goliaths that they announced last year we still haven't seen gameplay for any of those we still haven't heard a lot of details for a lot of those and i expect that to come next year and i expect next year to be uh much bigger than this year but you know 
I think the added benefit of this uh, conference uh, for me, like basically everybody on this podcast and everybody that's already a Game Pass subscriber is, um, you know, Xbox is, is working towards two audiences. They're, they're the people that are, you know, aren't in the Game Pass ecosystem yet. They're trying to sell you on it. And they're the people that are already in the ecosystem and they want you to, you know, maintain that subscription. I'm on the, the latter side and I feel like the idea of watching E3 conference completely changes when you know that every trailer every teaser everything you see doesn't have to be a decision when i was mm. watching the nintendo conference today um when i was watching the game awards you know i would see something and i'm like this is cool but do i really want to spend x amount of money on it right every game is that way you know and like you said mike 60 dollars or whatever 70 dollars that's not that's not cheap, especially for a game from a publisher you may not have confidence in, from a franchise you may not be completely sold in. Um, it's tough, man. So it's exciting and hype watching these conferences. But at the end of the day, a lot of times I'll get hyped about a conference and then never play 90% of the games that are shown. This is a completely different story. And going forward, this will be a completely different story for Xbox. Everything they show you that's on Game Pass, you can be, be excited about it. And when it drops, you can try it for free without having to make a difficult decision. You can just sit and watch these conferences and enjoy yourself and be excited about the things that you can uh, have the potential to try. Everything might not be for you. Everything might not be a 10 out of 10. But I think, you know, gaming kind of has evolved to this place where games are getting more and more expensive that you feel like you really can only you know pick two to three titles a year that you really want to play and get excited about microsoft is changing the game you're getting access to like like mike said a lot of double a publishers that put a lot of hard work into their games uh that you can play and love and, and you, it might be the next hollow knight it might be the next ori cuphead who knows but since Xbox is kind of breaking down that paywall and barrier, you can watch these trailers, get excited, uh, play the games, and kind of complete that, that entire gamer cycle. And I, I think we're going to see a lot of good evolution in the AA space, especially um, because of Game Pass and how these conferences are presented together. That's so well said. So Well said. Appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate it. Anybody got any final thoughts before we, we head into this last section? I mean, can we take a moment and talk about the games? Because I think you took Absolutely. a, I think you said it so it. well. It's like Game Pass alleviates that feeling and that fear for me of like, man, am I gonna buy this? Am I not gonna buy this? And there were some weird games out there that really like caught my eye, and I know I would never play this. I would never buy these kind of games. But now through the power of Game Pass, it's just always in the catalog. It's always just a click away. And like what I'm getting at is like, does everybody remember Atomic Hearts? And you're just like yes. looking at yeah. this weird mm -hmm. Russian dystopian fallout looking video game with a gigantic like Lego block thing on rollerblades coming <laughs> at you and a, a lady with weird lasers in front of her face. And like this is a game where I'm like, that's dumb looking. I'm never going to play that. And then it's just like, well, actually, I guess I could download it and see where that weird lady with lasers in front of her face is going, you know, and it's like I love right. that. And there was a couple of weird ones here. That caught my eye, right? Stalker 2, I got really burnt out on Metro, right? I enjoyed Metro, and mm -hmm. I know both of them kind of play off of each other. I know Stalker gave birth to Metro, and it's just one of those of, like, I don't know how much I can play in a Chernobyl, dark, dim, Russian video game, but, like, Stalker 2 looked good. It got my eye, and it's like, I wouldn't pay 60 or $70 on that kind of game anymore, but now... Through Power Game Pass, I'm going to jump in the Stalker 2. And another one as well is like, I was never into these top-down 
hack and slash roguelike uh, Metroidvania type games, but you look at Somerville, you look at Replaced, and you're yes, like, yo, right. I'm going to play these games now. And then they add in Hades, and you're like, yes, like now I don't have to pay $25 for Hades again. Like that's a game of the year contender, and I'm going to play these games. And I think Sarah Bond always talks about it, the team talks about it. It's like people with Game Pass try new games, and that's what it's all about. And like this conference had 27 games come to Game Pass. And all of them didn't speak to you. None, 27 out of 27 are not going to speak to you, but they're going to catch your eye and you're going to be willing to try them. And I, I really like some of the polls that they had here. And it's crazy as well. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. But like that conference was 90 minutes and we saw four and a half minutes of Halo. That's it. Halo yeah. is like, he's back of the box. He's the flag. He's the man. And we <laughs> saw four and a half minutes. They did 90 minutes total and only four of them was devoted to Master Chief. That was crazy to me and impressive and well done because I didn't feel like I needed more. I didn't feel like I needed less. It just felt like there's Halo. Good job. Get me to the other games because like I want to see what else you got, which was really cool. Yeah, I. Yeah, what about you? I was gonna say yeah. I pretty much um, a lot of the games that you've already mentioned are the ones that spoke to me. I think those are the ones that I've already you know. Or they they are the ones that uh, like the either the genre behind them or just the idea behind them just really call out to me you know and like you were saying as well not all twenty seven of the games that were announced spoke out to me but like you know you get your Redfall Replace Somerville Atomic Heart like literally those games just like something about them you know they they spoke to me I, I resonated with them and I know for 100% uh, 100% fact I know that I'm going to be playing them pretty much day one whenever they come out you know sometime next year or whatnot and then even seeing like the the seven games that are come that I had um, had my have my eye on for this year I'm just re- I'm just ready to play that's pretty much where I'm at at this point um I'm just I can't wait for you know Psychonauts to drop I can't wait for you know the new Forza Horizon to drop Forza kind of caught me off guard so much you know i've never you know been one to hop into a racing game other than mario kart but for some reason i'm looking at this forza game i'm like wow this game's super pretty what is it about and i decide you know what let me go ahead and play i know forza horizon 4 is on game pass let me go ahead and just see what that's about and let me tell you guys this this is quickly becoming one of my new favorite games. I'm sitting here with oh. a couple of my you yes. know, buddies where everybody's talking about, oh, we, we got to go buy uh, racing wheels. We got to go buy racing wheels. One of my buddies, <laughs> he actually, his dad just bought a racing wheel because, well, I guess he told his dad about Forza. And so his dad was like, all right, bet. We're going to go get a racing wheel for a Forza Horizon 4. And now they're just racing around, you know, Britain, wow. having a good old time. And I'm like, that's just amazing. And that's the power of Game Pass. And I think that that allows people to just, you know, it just forces, or no, it doesn't force people. It just allows people to play games, to get outside of their comfort zone, and to just really just have fun. I think that's uh, what uh, Xbox is all about now. There's, I think they, I think they are done with all this, you know, versus Sony versus Nintendo like nonsense. It's all about the gamers at this point, and I really love to see that. Absolutely, man. Like, uh, and out. I'll give Arson a shout out right now because Arson has always been the guy before Game Pass existed. This is the guy that I could count on playing everything, <laughs> right? He's the one, he's my shepherd in the gaming world. Oh, like, man. I'm a guy who kind of says like, hey, if this game gets a 9 out of 10, if this game gets an 8.5 or whatever and people 
constantly recommend it to me, I'll play it. But otherwise, I don't really want to take the risk like like Mike was talking about is about spending $20 here, $30 here just to play games I may be lukewarm about. Uh, Arson has been playing these games for a long time. And I recently kind of started getting up to the pace where I was playing ridiculous amounts of hours of Apex last year um, to a point where I was like, you know, why am I why am I committing so many hours to this when I could try a lot new a lot of more games? A lot of more is not a thing, but a lot of more <laughs> games, guys. Um, so I, I quit Apex Cold Turkey and I started playing a lot of these shorter games. So you know, within the last year, I played Gears Four, Gears Five, uh, you know, Shantae, uh, the Sexy Brutal, a lot of random indie games that I actually ended up you know enjoying a lot. So looking at these games like Somerville. Um, looking at these games like Replace and stuff like that really speak to me. Even a place, a Plague's Tale Requiem yes. looks beautiful. Uh-huh. And it made me say, hey, let me go ahead and download a Plague's Tale Innocence on Game Pass. It's on my console now, and I'll probably play it in the next month. So uh, like everybody said, the big poles were there. Like Halo got me hyped. Like it, it literally transported me back to my high school days of like, oh, my God, this is Halo 3 all over again. I'm super hyped to just, you know, just go off on, on the lobbies uh, when this game <laughs> drops. But also, you know, seeing Starfield, seeing Outer Worlds, and then having it supplement it with a bunch of cool indie titles. I'm super pumped uh, for Psychonauts, which is not an indie title anymore, but I'm super pumped for Psychonauts. Um, and I, I'm really interested in a lot of these other games that they showed as well. Um, and I'll definitely be trying a couple of them. So, um, yeah, I, I think they killed it with the games. And, and I think this is finally kind of them answering the question like where are the games we've heard about them you know we've gotten teasers we've gotten promises but finally they're starting to deliver on the games whether it's through you know game pass deals whether it's through rolling out some indie titles um or psychonauts and it's slowly rolling out that that first party lineup so um i think they did a great job i think there's still more to come i think they they can have a stronger lineup next year for sure especially when we start recovering from the, the, the slowdowns from COVID and all of that stuff. Uh, but I, I don't think this year was any slouch by any means. I, I think this year could have stood up to any other uh, E3 conference um, in the past. So I'm excited. Man. Yeah, they found a really good balance of we're going to keep you hype. We're going to get you energized. We're going to put out a really good conference. But we're also going to keep our cards kind of close to our chest, right? We know the big titles and we didn't need to get spoiled with another CGI trailer. We didn't need to get burnt out hearing about a game for the seventh time because we now know that they showed us this for 2021 just think of what 2022 is going to be in 2023 mm. and onward right there's some big names still out there that we have question marks on that we haven't even seen yet they announced a new partnership with avalanche studios on contraband and now you're like okay i can't wait to see that obsidian says hey you like Avowed? Well, guess what? We're going to make Outer Worlds 2 at the same freaking time because we're insane. We have Playground making yeah. Fable. We have Redfall from Arcane. We have an IO Interactive deal that people can't wait to find out about. You got freaking Machine Games making Indiana Jones. We all assume and believe that I Wolfenstein 3 that. is Damn. coming. Like, There's a lot mm -hmm. of games here that they have in their Oof. back pocket yet that they're not even ready to put down. We haven't even gotten into the Hellblades yet. We haven't even Ooh. gotten into the next Gears of War project. God. Like, there's a lot here that this team did a really good job of finding the balance of like, you know what? Let's not show them a game that's so far off we don't know the date on. But we'll tease it at the end here. And they put out some really good images that I, I hope everybody saw and I hope everybody sees out on social media of like, here it is today. 
here it is coming in 2021 and here's the future and that's what we're going to talk about here at the end here of like how good they did for their future offerings and what this looks like for them because i am so impressed that they found a great middle of the line conference where it's like we're going to show you now and we're going to show you we'll tease you later on but we're not ready for that and we don't want to do that yet absolutely absolutely you got me excited man i completely like, i'm so focused on the fables the avows all those things from the showcase last uh, last year i completely forgot about the ioi project dragon or whatever that mm-hmm. is i forgot about mm-hmm. indiana jones man we got a lot of good stuff coming um so with that perfect segue let's just talk about it like what does the future of xbox look like right like for the past couple of years as this new generation has been ramping up we've seen the discussion can xbox do it can they truly compete with sony uh is game pass the real answer what's the what's the response to the sony AAA first parties is game pass sustainable when are the exclusive games coming will they be any good all these questions right uh and and how does that future look now that we've started to really see things shape out um how are we looking and you know i want to start out here guys because i want to take you on a quick journey Mm -hmm. um because for the the main question how does xbox compete with playstation and that stellar triple a first party lineup i think that's the big question and that's going to be kind of the the centerpiece debate over the next however years right and I don't think that Xbox needs a one-to-one answer, right? I don't think that we need to see an Uncharted on Xbox. I don't think we need to see a Last of Us on Xbox. PlayStation Studios, these guys are masters of the cinematic single-player action-adventure games. Like, we're talking about this Xbox conference. I love this. I still think that PS5 reveal conference was one of the best conferences I've ever seen, right? Uh, They're just really good at selling you guys on a cinematic single-player action-adventure experience. They're good at they do, and we don't really need Microsoft to spend millions of dollars to try and duplicate that that Sony magic. Like we just like we don't want anybody to spend millions and duplicate Nintendo magic. They just have their magic, and they're gonna do what they do. And Xbox needs to carve out their own lane and get their own voice, right? So uh, PlayStation, you know, on their side, when we look at their evolution, they've they've championed and evolved the single player action adventure games, right? Uh, they didn't all of a sudden create a new genre like the these these stellar cinematic games aren't new by any means. They didn't reinvent the wheel. And I, I hear the comparison of God of War, right? Halo needs the God of War moment. But like when we think about it, God of War went through an unbelievable reboot. It's one. It's my favorite game of all time. Uh, and it will be talked about years to come how they transform that game. But at its core, it's still the same genre, right? They, they built on and reimagined what they were already doing, the, the action, adventure, single player narrative. And Microsoft needs to do the same. So like, you know, what does that mean, right? Uh, let's talk about what made the 360 popular. I, I think it was, it's a combination of three things, single player and multiplayer first person shooters. So we're talking Halo, Gears, COD, Ghost Recon. That was all associated with the 360 back in the day. We got Western RPGs, Oblivion, Mass Effect, and Skyrim, those all had exclusivity on the Xbox and Xbox 360, which is crazy to think about. Oblivion, Mass Effect, and Skyrim. They had the Western RPG market pretty much cornered back then, right? Uh, And then finally, the the piece de resistance was that the Xbox 360 basically invented the best place to play with friends uh, in that online ecosystem. When we talk about party chats and, and like watching Netflix in, in your Xbox party, all that crazy things. Like they kind of really were the pioneers for the true online experience that we see today, 
right? And with this conference, they've proven to me that they're committed to getting back to all of those things that they're best at, right? And they're gonna take the next step to eventually, you know, roll out what is the evolution of Western RPGs and FPS games. We may never see like the the Nathan Drake of Xbox. We may never see the, the Joel and Eddie, Ellie story on the Xbox, uh, but they don't necessarily need to do that. Like they just need to evolve what they're owning, which is the Western RPG genre, the FPS genre, and they need to supplement that with incredible titles from all across the board with Game Pass, right? And I think to wrap this up, right, there's one more thing that I think is super crucial that not a lot of people are talking about right now uh, that we saw this weekend, and that's indie support, right? Last generation, I, you know, I'm just going to be honest, the Xbox One generation, people know, I think that generation was trash, and I, I really didn't see a lot to convince me to buy an Xbox One, mm-hmm. which is why I never bought one. But Cuphead and Ori basically put that generation on their back. Like when we talk about the games that you associate with Xbox uh, during that generation, we're talking about Cuphead, Ori, and then maybe Gears 4 and, and a Sea of Thieves and a couple other games. But it's really crucial that indie support uh, comes back to the Xbox, and we're already seeing a lot of that good stuff. Uh, two of my most anticipated games, man, Death's Door, Loot River. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure those are exclusive to Xbox. Not only that, we got replaced Somerville, the last stop. I know Greg Miller was talking about Moon Glow Bla- Bay, the Planet of Lana, which was a really cool artistic game from the, the Summer Games Fest. In 12 minutes, man, mm. all of these games are Xbox exclusive, if I'm not wrong. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, tweet me. But as far as I know, these are launch exclusives, and these are some of the best indie games I have seen in a long time. So it really excites me that, you know, indie studios double a studios are getting the confidence to feel like hey i can launch on the xbox and i can be successful and and this can be my home for a while so uh, i think that's absolutely necessary in the early years of a console generation of a console launch um and, and it's exciting to see man so i'm more confident than ever in the future xbox you know i i think this is a generation that i can get behind i think i'll have my game pass subscription you know indefinitely so far uh and i think they can only get stronger from here right you know once the the first slate of big games all launch we'll see how they kind of you know tackle phase two like this is the mcu or something (laughs) but so far for the next four years four plus years i think you know i am very excited about the future xbox uh let's go back in reverse mike how you feeling about that i'm so glad to hear that you're excited and you believe in the future and i think There's a couple of good key pieces here to look at for the future. And first off is the buy-in from Microsoft, right? Earlier in the week before E3 happened, Satya Nadella came out with Phil Spencer, and they put out the big blog post. I was privy, along with the XCast crew, to see kind of the video that they put together with a lot of the different heads of the companies. And you could tell that, you know, Microsoft is committed to gaming. Microsoft believes in what Phil and this team at Xbox are going to do, and they're going to support them, right? We're coming hot off of a generation where there were big question marks. There was questions of why even do this when we do other things here at this company that are so much bigger and better. But to hear them say, hey, we believe in this. We're going to commit to this. As an Xbox gamer, you got to love that, right? And now you know they got the buy-in and they're going to be here, right? This isn't just going to be some half-assed pony show. We're going to come out with everything, which is 
a huge deal as a gamer and something to look at on the back end. And then as well, Xbox continues to keep the offerings, right? They have the best online functionality in the business with Xbox Live, something you can believe in, something you know is going to run really well, something that's going to keep you safe and your family safe with different privacy settings and family-friendly settings that are really, really great. Accessibility, they continue to push accessibility for players for all, that inclusivity of saying, hey, no matter who you are, if you're disabled, if you can't play certain ways, we're going to find ways to ensure that you and developers can play together and figure it out. And they have so many things coming together that really make you, the player, feel at the center of it all, right? And that's something I'll always stress on, and I know I sound like an ad, but it is the truth, right? Three different pieces in this ecosystem, from cloud gaming to PC to console, and it's only going to evolve from there. Soon, Project X Cloud is going to come to more devices over on the iOS side through that workaround on the browser. Then they're going to look over at PC, and after that, onto console on ways that they can get the game in your hand right away instead of that long download instead of waiting on your internet to try to catch up and download gigantic gigabit games now you can look at it and say no we're jumping in right away and i love that future and i love that tech of what this team is going to do in the cloud and as well they give you the player the option right if you don't like game pass you don't gotta have game pass if you want just xbox live gold you can have xbox live gold if you don't want any of that guess what you don't have to have that you can play free-to-play titles free-to-play. You don't even have to have Xbox Live anymore. They've changed their ways. They've adapted so well on the service side that really goes far for your dollar that you're putting in because we're all just hardworking men and women around the globe, and we want to get the best value out of everything we do. We want to save our money. We want our money to go further, and it seems like this team has really figured out a good way because, yes, it is a mega corporation and a business. They're there to make money. They figured out a good way to make me feel like I'm valued and my dollar goes further with them. And then as well, when we look at the future of the team, 23 studios, 23 talented studios. This isn't just some brand new studio stuff. This is teams that they're growing from the ground up. We've now bought Bethesda for $7.5 billion, some of the best in the business. And they've said, hey, we know that our competitor over there has incredible, great games and awesome studios that make really really good games and guess what we got the same over here we got 23 teams that you can believe in that are going to be hard working and the best part it's exclusive baby that was the biggest takeaway as well it's like mm -hmm. no more question marks here it is mm -hmm. point blank period these are exclusive and when we have the arms race of ips just like you see over in the entertainment side now you look over here at xbox and whether you want to pay your games outright or you want to be on game pass Guess what? These games are exclusive, so you have to be a part of the ecosystem in some way to play them. And if you don't want to buy a console for $500, come play it on PC. Go play it on your mobile device. Like, how cool of an offering is that? And that's just showing you, like, hey, you don't have to buy this. You can just come be a part of it if you want. Stay on PlayStation. Stay on PC. Stay how you want to stay. But don't be afraid to try, especially for the entry of a dollar whenever they run those deals. A dollar for a month. A dollar for three months. I mean... That's just outrageous ways to give it a try and have some fun with your friends. And you see the evolution, the changing in the markets as well. Halo, multiplayer, going free to play. Free to play Insane. forever. Insane. That is not behind a paywall of 60 or $70. That's not behind a paywall of $15 a month for Game Pass. That is straight up free to play. That means you can call up your homie out across the globe and be like, yo, what up? You trying to play some Halo today? 
He's like, I don't got Halo. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's free. Download it right now. We're going to play and have some fun. And so, yeah, the future for Xbox is looking bright. It seems like Phil and the team have really righted the ship and they've put some great minds behind it, right? You get to see Matt Booty. You see Pete Hines and Todd Howard. You see Aaron Greenberg. You see Sarah Bond. You see the whole team behind the cloud and so many more. And they really seem like they got it. They really seem like they know what they want to do and they're on track to make it the best place to play. And, you know, I, I'm a gamer through and through. I play anywhere and I'll play anything. But this team always makes me smile. And this team makes me believe like, you know what? The future is bright over here and it's going to be real good. Just like you guys said, we're going to be eating well. We're going to be playing well very, very soon. So for me, I, I love it. I'm very happy. Excellent. 100%. Excellent. Now let me let me just say a little I've got a little bit of a another metaphor for you guys, you know, how I'm viewing the future of Xbox right now. So we're all familiar with Mario Kart, you know. You know, yes, I sir. in my mind I'm thinking Sony, they're the they're the they're the leader of the pack. They're in first place, they're second place, third place, I don't know. They're at the they're at the front. Meanwhile, Xbox, you know, still a competitor. It's not like they're getting lapped by Sony or anything like that, but they're definitely behind. Right now, I think uh, I think Xbox has got the, they got the bullet bill. You know what I'm saying? They are about to hit the the item button right now, and they are ready to just take off and make their way towards Sorry the. About my phone, guys. Keep going. Oh, no Keep worries. Going. Um, they're ready to head towards the front of the pack. Um, like both of you guys have said, like they they are on the right course. And I think that as long as they just keep keep on keeping on, there's no way that they can lose. I think, you know, this is a bold statement. You know, I'm going to just go ahead and say, it. you know, I am not a I'm not a paid actor. I'm not an Xbox fanboy. I'm thinking that in the future, Xbox could potentially surpass um, Sony once again in terms of like their popularity. I think it can, you know, kind of get back to that Xbox 360 days of uh, Xbox popularity. Um, it, all they have to do is pretty much just keep up with the, in my opinion, all they have to do is keep up with the Game Pass model, um, continue to deliver great games, you know, every every couple of months, so that way people are constantly interested in Game Pass, and then just, I, I don't know, I think that that's pretty much all they need to do is and continue to introduce new great games and potentially even new great studios to the Xbox family to the point where it's just like, well, Sony, what do you have? I mean, you've got your God of War. You've got your Last of Us. Sure, those are great games and whatnot, but Xbox just has everything else, you know? So I'm, I have no doubts anymore about the future of Xbox. I think it did get a little rocky in these past few years, especially, I guess, you know, with this past generation, but no more. Doubts are uh, doubts have been quelled. The fear is gone in my in my in my eyes. So mm, I love that the bullet bill activated, baby. It's activated. <laughs> it's it, it's here. We're here. Yeah, I, I mean to wrap it up. Like I just am excited about this being a year where I'm playing Ratchet and Clank. This is like the first you know modern Ratchet and Clank game I'm playing since I was a kid, right? Um, and I get Halo to look forward to in the fall, right? It's just ha it's just exciting to be back in a time where you know both consoles are competitive. I can buy both uh, consoles and feel happy about my purchases. Uh, you know, who knows what the future holds for Xbox and Sony and even Nintendo? But you know, I'm happy to feel confident about the God of War franchise. I'm happy to feel confident about the next Spider-Man. Just like I'm happy to you know play Starfield in the future. Happy to see what Fable looks like. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people want to say, you know, I want my console to win or whatever, but, you know, 
I'm a gamer, like like Mike said, I'm a gamer through and through, and I want to just have the best experiences possible. So, you know, when Xbox is doing well, I'm doing well. I think gamers are doing well. Uh, so that's why I'm so high on, on this conference, right? It seems like they finally did what they needed to to prove to me, like, hey, this generation is going to be different. We're going to give you stuff to look forward to. And, you know, PlayStation on the other side, doing the same thing, right? They're They're keeping doing what they've already been doing, right? Putting out great experiences, great first party experiences. So uh, I'm excited for this generation, guys. Um, I think it's gonna be very competitive. I think we're gonna see a lot of uh, great innovation, not only at the first party level, but the double A uh, level as well. Um, and, and, you know, let's just see, let's see where we end up, man. Uh, so if anybody has any final thoughts, please let them be said, otherwise I'll get ready to wrap us up. Boys, it was great kicking it with y'all. It was awesome to gather around the virtual water cooler and just talk some video games and, of course, talk something that I know I'm passionate about and you guys are passionate about, and that is Xbox and what they're doing. And this was a great E3 showcase, and I can't wait to see what they do future in the future, but I'm so pleased that they really nailed it. 90 minutes, especially during an E3 where we're coming hot off of a year where we didn't do E3, right? And COVID has plagued this entire world and how the way we work and engage with each other. And this team showed, hey, we have the money, of course, and we have the resources. Let's figure it out, right? It's not going to just be Phil in his office with a bad webcam microphone. We're going to get him back <laughs> out there and he's going to do something, right? And I think they did a really good job and they really brought a lot of energy to E3. And you got to give everybody credit, right? All the publishers, all the developers, every all, everyone that organized it. This E3 was fun. And I know a couple of the conferences dragged. Some of them didn't hit like they were supposed to. But E3 is back. And the big goal for me is, like, I love E3 because it brings us all together. And we get to talk about games and celebrate games. The people who make the games, the people who play the games, for, like, one full week. And I think we lost that last year, especially in a time when we needed it the most. But it was so difficult to do that. We lost that feeling of, like, we're all here together. We're in this together. We had conferences in july june out in august september and it just kind of felt out of whack and not quite right and i think this year having it come back together whether you liked it or not is a big deal for the industry because this is something that we've all been ingrained in and this week of celebrating games and being together for these announcements is a big deal for us and i think that really goes a long way and to see this team with jeff Keeley as well like Say, hey, we're going to plant the flag and we're going to make this happen. If you guys can come help us, let's do it. And they did that. And I'm so happy to see it return. And I look forward to seeing when the world starts to return to normal what we do, right? You got you start to see people are going back. We're turning a, a, a corner here. And we're going to round out summer. And we'll see where we go from there into the next one. So I'm glad to see that E3 returned and everybody did their best. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, before we close out, go ahead and tell us where the people can find you, what you do. Uh, tell us a little about, bit about the expat, X-Cast and your Twitch. Give it, give it to us. Oh, give us the pitch. you guys are too good to me. Well, of course, it's your guy, Snowbike Mike, out here in beautiful Lake Tahoe. Uh, I'm playing games all the time over on Twitch.tv slash Snowbike Mike. I like to play games with my friends, engage with the incredible community that we fostered over there, just positive hype and fun interactions all the time. And you can catch me live streaming each and every weekday with Kind of Funny. It's been a blessing to somehow be hired by that team for my dream job and be joined around the table with all of the Kind of Funny crew members. So twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. I'm streaming even every single weekday at 11 a.m. after Kind of Funny Games daily. And then each and every week I get to sit down and talk 
with Paris Lilly and Gary Witta, my two dads in the Xbox and gaming world, and we just talk <laughs> Xbox. It's really fun. We get to bring on cool people that are content creators, that are people of influence in the industry, and we just get to talk about what Xbox is doing, what we like, and catch up about what we're playing. I think the t- coolest part is like you sit across the table from Gary Witta, who has been in the industry for years, and he writes movies, and he's just that dude. And then you have Paris Lilly, who's like the smartest guy you know. He's so supportive, so helpful, and he loves to just be positive, and he loves to foster change in the industry. And I get to be around those two dudes every single week and learn from them, grow from them, and just to hang out with them. So a lot of fun going on. You can catch me over on the Kind of Funny X-Cast. You can catch me doing all that. But, of course, catch me out here on this podcast because I like hanging out with the boys at the virtual water t- water cooler. That's all that matters. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. Hell yeah. Well, Mike, uh, you know, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of one of the busiest weeks in gaming, the busiest week in gaming, to come talk to us about Xbox. Um, hopefully we'll have you on sometime in the future. Next time Xbox does something crazy, um, we'll come here, have you on to talk about it. So appreciate you for coming on my guy. Thank you guys. Thank you for uh, adjusting with the schedule. I know I've been napping hard on you, but, uh, it was awesome to be around here and hang out with you too. It's all good boss, man. And for everybody at home, like I said, this is an interesting week because we got more episodes to come. We got a Nintendo episode coming soon and we got an overall E3 episode coming as well so until then thank you guys for listening to player player if you enjoyed it please subscribe subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice rate us five stars on itunes and tell your friends about us if you want updates about future episodes and giveaways or you want to submit a question to the show visit playerplayerpod.com or follow us on social media at playerplayerpod big shout out to aaron miller as always for the intro music you can follow him at the Miller Child on Instagram. You can find me on social media as the Hoopman. You can find my co-host Arsen here as Pax Arsenica on Twitter and Twitch, and Arsen Lakpa on in- on Instagram. And also, guys, go follow my man Snowbike Mike if you're not already following him. Keep up with him and and just join in on the hype. And until next time, guys, keep gaming. Game on, folks. <laughs>